0: "'The Dauntless Girl,' in a version by Kevin Crossley-Holland "'from The Old Stories.' "'Blast it!' said the farmer. "'Why?' said the miller. "'Not a drop left,' the farmer said. "'Not one?' asked the blacksmith, "'raising his glass and inspecting it. "'His last inch of whisky glowed like molten honey "'in the flickering firelight. "'Why not?' said the miller. ''You fool,'' said the farmer, ''because the bottle's empty.'' He peered into the flames. ''Never mind that, though,'' he said. ''We'll send out my Mary. She'll go down to the inn and bring us another bottle.'' ''What?'' said the blacksmith. ''She'll be afraid to go out on such a dark night, all the way down to the village and all on her own.'' ''Never,'' said the farmer. ''She's afraid of nothing.'' "'Nothing live or dead. "'She's worth all my lads put together.' "'The farmer gave a shout, and Mary came out of the kitchen. "'She stood and she listened. "'She went out into the dark night, "'and in a little time she returned with another bottle of whisky. "'The miller and the blacksmith were delighted. "'They drank to her health, but later the miller said, "'That's a strange thing. "'She should be so bold, your Mary.' Bold as brass, said the blacksmith, out and alone, and the night so dark. That's nothing at all, said the farmer. She'd go anywhere, day or night. She's afraid of nothing, nothing live or dead. Words, said the blacksmith, words nothing, said the farmer. I bet you a golden guinea that neither of you can name anything that girl will not do. The miller scratched his head and the blacksmith peered at the golden guinea of whisky in his glass. All right, said the blacksmith, let's meet here again at the same time next week. Then I'll name something Mary will not do. Seven days later, the blacksmith went to see the priest and borrowed the key of the church door from him. Then he paid a visit to the sexton and showed him the key. What do you want with that? asked the sexton. What I want with you, said the blacksmith, is this. I want you to go into the church tonight, just before midnight, and hide yourself down in the crypt. Never! Oh, not the crypt, said the sexton. Not for half a guinea, asked the blacksmith. The old sexton's eyes popped out of his head. He said, "'What's that for, then?' "'To frighten that brazen farm girl, Mary,' said the blacksmith, grinning. "'When she comes to the crypt, just give a moan or a holler.' The old sexton's desire for the half-guinea was even greater than his fear. He hummed and hawed, and at last he agreed to do as the blacksmith asked— then the blacksmith clumped the sexton on his back with his massive fist, and the old sexton coughed. I'll see you tomorrow, said the blacksmith, and settle the account. Just before midnight, then, not a minute later. The sexton nodded, and the blacksmith strode up to the farm. Darkness was falling, and the farmer and the miller were already drinking and waiting for him. Well, said the farmer, The blacksmith grasped his glass and raised it and rolled the whisky around his mouth. Well, said the farmer, are you or aren't you? This, said the blacksmith, is what your Mary will not do. She won't go into the church alone at midnight. No, said the miller, and go to the crypt, continued the blacksmith, and bring back a skull bone. That's what she won't do. ''Never!'' said the miller. The farmer gave a shout and Mary came out of the kitchen. She stood and she listened. And later, at midnight, she went out into the darkness and walked down to the church. Mary opened the church door. She held up her lamp and clattered down the steps to the crypt. She pushed open its creaking door. And saw skulls and thigh bones and bones of every kind gleaming in front of her. She stooped and picked up the nearest skull bone. Let that be, moaned a muffled voice from behind the crypt door. That's my mother's skull bone. So Mary put that skull down and picked up another. Let that me moaned a muffled voice from behind the crypt door that's my father's skull bone so mary put that skull bone down too and picked up yet another one and as she did so she angrily called out father or mother sister or brother i must have a skull bone and that's my last word then she walked out of the crypt latched the door "'and hurried up the steps and back up to the farm. "'Mary put the skull bone on the table in front of the farmer. "'There's your skull bone, master,' she said, "'and started off for the kitchen. "'Wait a minute,' said the blacksmith, "'and he was grinning and shivering. "'Didn't you hear anything in the crypt, Mary?' "'Yes,' she said. "'Some fool of a ghost called out. "'Let that be, that's my mother's skull bone, "'and let that be, that's my father's skull bone. "'But I told him straight.' "'Father or mother, sister or brother, I must have a skull bone.' "'The miller and the blacksmith stared at Mary and shook their heads. "'So I took one,' said Mary, "'and here it is.' "'She looked down at the three faces flickering in the firelight. "'After I'd locked the door,' she said, "'and climbed the steps, "'I heard the old ghost hollering and shrieking like mad.' "'At once the blacksmith and the miller got to their feet. "'That'll do then, Mary,' said the farmer. The blacksmith knew the sexton must have been scared out of his wits at being locked inside the crypt. He and his friends hurried down to the church and clattered down the steps into the crypt. They were too late. They found the old sexton lying stone dead on his face. That's what comes of trying to frighten a poor young girl, said the farmer. "'so the blacksmith gave the farmer a golden guinea, "'and the farmer gave it to Mary. "'Mary and her daring were known in every house, "'and after her visit to the crypt and the death of the old sexton, "'her fame spread for miles and miles around. "'One day the squire, who lived three villages off, "'rode up to the farm and asked the farmer if he could talk to Mary. "'I've heard,' said the squire, "'That you're afraid of nothing?' Mary nodded. "'Nothing live, or dead,' said the farmer proudly. "'Listen, then,' said the squire. "'Last year my old mother died and was buried, but she will not rest. "'She keeps coming back into the house, and especially at mealtimes.' "'Mary stood and listened.' "'Sometimes you can see her, sometimes you can't. "'And when you can't, you can still see a knife and a fork "'get up off the table and play about where her hands would be.' "'That's a strange thing altogether,' said the farmer. "'Strange and unnatural,' said the squire. "'And now my servants won't stay with me, not one of them. "'They're all afraid of her. The farmer sighed and shook his head. "'Hard to come by, good servants,' he said. "'So,' said the squire, "'seeing as she's afraid of nothing, "'nothing live or dead, "'I'd like to ask your girl to come and work with me.' Mary was pleased at the prospect of such good employment, and sorry as he was to lose her, the farmer saw there was nothing for it but to let her go. "'I'll come,' "'said the girl. "'I'm not afraid of ghosts, "'but you ought to take account of that in my wages.' "'I will,' said the squire. "'So Mary went back with the squire to be his servant. "'The first thing she always did "'was to lay a place for the ghost at table, "'and she took great care "'not to let the knife and fork lie crisscross. "'At meals, Mary passed the ghost, "'the meat and the vegetables, "'and sauce and gravy. "'And then she said,' "'Pepper, madam, and salt, madam?' The ghost of the squire's mother was pleased enough, so things went on the same from day to day, until the squire had to go up to London to settle some legal business. Next morning Mary was down on her knees, cleaning the parlour grate, when she noticed something thin and glimmering push in through the parlour door, which was just ajar. When it got inside the room, "'the shape began to swell and open out. "'It was the old ghost. "'For the first time, the ghost spoke to the girl. "'Mary,' she said in a hollow voice, "'are you afraid of me?' "'No, madam,' said Mary. "'I've no cause to be afraid of you, "'for you are dead and I'm alive.' "'For a while the ghost looked at the girl "'kneeling by the parlour grate.' Mary, she said, will you come down into the cellar with me? You mustn't bring a light, but I'll shine enough to light the way for you. So the two of them went down the cellar steps, and the ghost shone like an old lantern. When they got to the bottom, they went along a passage, and took a right turn and a left, and then the ghost pointed to some loose tiles in one corner. Pick Up those tiles, she said. Mary did as she was asked, and underneath the tiles were two bags of gold, a big one and a little one. The ghost quivered. Mary, she said, that big bag is for your master, but that little bag is for you, for you are a dauntless girl and deserve it. Before Mary could open the bag or even open her mouth, the old ghost drifted up the steps and out of sight. She was never seen again, and Mary had a devil of a time, groping her way along the dark passage and up out of the cellar. After three days, the squire came back from London. Good morning, Mary, he said. Have you seen anything of my mother while I've been away? Yes, sir, said Mary. That I have. She opened her eyes wide. "'And if you aren't afraid of coming down into the cellar with me, "'I'll show you something!' the squire laughed. (laughs) "'I'm not afraid, if you're not afraid,' he said. "'For the dauntless girl was a very pretty girl.' "'So Mary lit a candle and led the squire down into the cellar, "'walked along the passage, took a right turn and a left, "'and raised the loose tiles in the corner for a second time.' Two bags, said the squire. Two bags of gold, said Mary. The little one is for you, and the big one is for me. "'Law!' said the squire, and he said nothing else. He did think that his mother might have given him the big bag, as indeed she had, but all the same, he took what he could. After that, Mary always crossed the knives and forks at meal times to prevent the old ghost from telling what she had done. The squire thought things over, the gold and the ghost and Mary's good looks. What with one thing and another, he proposed to Mary, and the dauntless girl, she accepted him. In a little while they married, and so the squire did get one hand on the big bag of gold, after all.